0: Welcome to the Global Marketing Show, the podcast for all things international business. I'm your host, Wendy Pease, president of Rapport International and a translation expert. Come along with me today as we talk to an expert in the global marketing world about facing their biggest fears, hearing about mistakes they made or saw, discussing best practices, and sharing fun travel language and culture stories. So, hello listeners thank you so much for joining us today on the global marketing podcast the big news out is that uh, my new book the language of global marketing is selling well and we've gotten some very good reviews which I'm so honored about if you're interested in global marketing you can find it uh, on our website a link to go buy it or you can go direct to Amazon and uh, order it there. Just look for The Language of Global Marketing by Wendy Pease. So today, it isn't about me or my book anymore. It is about Brian Jones. So I'm so excited to have him here. He's a geoscience specialist, and he's in charge of global sales for Geocomp. So Brian, welcome.
1: Thank you, Wendy. Happy to be here.
0: Oh, it is so, so, I'm, you know, so fascinated to see how a geoscience specialist ends up in sales and how successful you've been. But, you know, even more interesting or, you know, just as interesting to me is in getting to know you, you had... Little to no experience to international life or global communities when you were growing up, um, you had a little bit of exposure in high school in Spain. So how did a guy like you end up in charge of global sales. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I guess that's a long road, but uh... You know, I I started out uh, in consulting work uh, out of college, you know, like you mentioned, it was along the geosciences. Uh, I was actually doing geophysical work and, uh, you know, I I always kind of had an outgoing personality and a friend I had worked with there in consulting had moved over to a company selling uh, equipment called ground penetrating radar. Uh, and a position opened up in sales. He said, Hey, I think you'd be great. Uh, I said, okay, I'll give it a whirl. Um, uh, sounds good to me. I, I don't have to work 70, 80 hours a week. I thought at the time, you know? uh, and, uh, and so, you know, I took a shot on it. It worked out well. Uh, I did great in sales and I, I did that for 11 years. And then this opportunity opened up here at geocomp and I was looking to kind of advance my career uh, doing more uh, sales management. And I I guess they took a shot on me, and uh, here we go. It's been a success so far over the last three years. So that's kind of how I got here.
0: Is there any similarities between geophysics, geoscience, and sales?
1: Uh, (laughs) You know, aside from, you know, the work in consulting and, you know, obviously I I moved over into sales there, uh, as I mentioned with the radar, but, um, you know, in consulting, there was always that aspect of having to interact with the clients, you know, uh, talk to them about the project. You're out doing some field work. You have to talk to, uh, you know, engineers or the client, uh, whoever they may be in terms of, you know, project results and and things like that. So, you know, there was always some discussion and interaction with clients and, you know, that never really bothered me or scared me. And, uh, you know, and then I gave sales sales a shot and it it worked out well.
0: Oh, good for you. That's fantastic. It's always interesting to hear where people come from in uh, sales. So tell me more about Geocomp and what your company does.
1: So Geocomp is actually a multi-faceted company. We have a division that is a service line. They do a lot of engineering, consulting work, instrumentation, and monitoring uh, services, and we have a testing lab who actually uh, takes in soil, rock, and other types of materials and does testing on them for engineering properties. Um, That could be for you know, companies that are designing new buildings, new bridges, new roads um, or any other number of infrastructure. Uh, And then we have uh, the products group, which I head up the sales and we uh, manufacture and sell uh, geotechnical lab testing systems uh, for soil rock and geosynthetics. So we specialize uh, in our group with fully automated systems. Across the broader market uh, there's you know been kind of a long-standing uh, segment of the market that's you know manual testing systems where somebody may have to uh, you know use a, a physical weight or to, to apply like a load on a sample or something like that whereas our group focuses on uh, the computer aspects of it and the automation and allows the tests to be performed essentially fully automated so it's, it's kind of taken that manual testing to the next level. And
0: okay. And were they global or international when you came on?
1: They were. They were. So they had uh, about a dozen, about a dozen international representatives or partners uh, at the time. Uh, and Those have, some have kind of dropped out. Uh, we brought in a couple new ones since I've been here. And one of the major initiatives I've had over the last couple of years is to broaden that network and, and bring on new partners.
0: And are you managing the, the partners? Are they like distributors or consultants in country or are they sales reps? So what's your sales team look like?
1: Uh, domestically here, uh, so you know, obviously we're headquartered in the US, uh, we're outside of the Boston area. And, you know, here uh, domestically in the U.S., we have a sales team uh, that I, I manage here. And then I work directly with our international partners uh, in terms of, the, you know, the distribution sales of our products internationally. Uh, okay.
0: So you have a mixed a mixed model where you have direct salespeople in the Una- United States, but you use uh, partners and distributors in the other markets. That's correct. Okay. And what countries are you in?
1: Uh, well, we, we have equipment in over 50 countries. I think we're actually up to about 60 countries now we have equipment in. Uh, wow, that's right. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's been quite successful for the group. Uh, but in terms of actual representation, again, we probably only – we have – about 12. We still have about 12. Like I mentioned, we've dropped some and we've added some in. Uh, and the, the representation is in major countries like Brazil, Australia, uh, China, uh, the Middle East, uh, Latin America. And we're, we're looking to do a lot more growth in, in the European market.
0: And when you're – so you, you come into this po- position to head up the sales – Limited international experience, and obviously a very, very bright guy because of what you've been doing in your history, and you've been very successful there. but global is different. So, what were some of your fears about coming in and leading up a an international sales team?
1: Right. I mean, you kind of hit it on the head. I mean, I I came in knowing sales quite well. I had done it for you know, 11 years, Uh, but in terms of that global nature of sales and actually working with and and helping uh, international partners and and grow their business and nurture their business, I only had a limited knowledge of, I mean, I had uh, worked on a team at my prior company that, you know, certainly members of our team were doing what I'm doing now, supporting some of the international Uh, partners at the time at my prior company and so I had a general idea of kind of what they were doing and I worked with our VP of sales and marketing at the time there at the company I was doing some uh, you know management training and looking to kind of advance my career there Uh, you know it ended up I ended up branching out and going here to geocomp but uh, at that time I had gotten you know a little more involved in a little knowledge of what was going on and you know how they were developing price lists and you know how there were different price lists for different markets and you know how they provided materials uh, to the agents how they handled international trade shows and conferences and, you know, generally traveling to the markets and what that meant, you know, why, why they were going to visit the agents and what the agents needed them to do while they were there uh, and that sort of thing. So, you know, I had a rough sense of, you know, how, how it worked, but it, you know, it was really kind of th- thrown into it uh, here at geocomp and, you know, I don't know. I, I found it to be. Almost like handling most other relationships, really. I mean, you know, sometimes you have a little bit of a language barrier, but everybody I've found that we work with is always quite friendly. They, you know, they want to be successful. We want to be successful. Um, everybody's been great to work with, so it's it's been a great learning experience and a great experience overall. Uh, which, uh, you know, has yeah. obviously allowed me to travel too, which has been a bonus.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, so you said it's been a real learning experience. What are some of the biggest learnings? Because, you know, people who are listening to this are interested in doing global marketing or getting into it or getting better. So what are some of the struggles you had, fears, you know, and then we can get into what you learned from them.
1: Yeah, in, in terms of, you know, I guess, you know, the fears, I guess uh, we could start there. I mean, generally in terms of the fears, you know, I didn't know how how it would be to deal with, you know, the language barrier. That was kind of a simple one. Um, that's been, you know, quite easy to get around because I find Most of the folks we work with at least speak a, a good bit of English and that's that's made it quite easy. Uh, or or they've got, you know, general translation help on their staff that that's that's worked out well. In terms of the traveling, obviously, like you mentioned, I you know I had only traveled for vacations, uh, kind of somewhat uh, lo- locally to the United States, the Caribbean, and, and places like that, uh, and so I, I didn't know what to expect when I you know what what am I going to see? What's go, how am I going to deal with you know showing up in China? You know I I'm, I don't speak any Mandarin or you know or Chinese so. Um, it was that sort of fear and how to handle travel and, and being in different countries. Um, and then how to help you know these folks grow the business. I mean, what I found in terms of challenges is you know, keeping keeping our agents, you know excited about working with our products, wanting to be engaged and um, actively trying to sell our products making sure they're provided with uh, you know promotional and marketing materials things that uh, can you know help them and help us in terms of bringing in sales in those markets Uh, we've dealt with and kind of how i've ended up working with report a little bit here uh, with you folks is you know trying to deal with some of the translations uh, because you know we get requests for that um, from our uh, partners where, you know, they would prefer things obviously to be in their own languages. Um,
0: yeah, so tell me more about that. So it, it, working with us, it was more driven from the distributors saying, hey, we need material on in this information. Right. And then you turn around and said, okay, how the heck are we going to get this done?
1: Yeah, so there, there was some part of that, um, the uh, drive, the impetus from, from our actual partners, you know, wanting some of those materials. Some of them, yeah, they showed some willingness to do some translations themselves, but a lot of times the sheer volume of it, it it's just, they don't wanna bother with it. So, um, and we wanted to have materials that you know, we could eventually use on our website, um, add a language translation to our website, and you know become more of uh uh, international i guess engaging for for potential customers Uh, and so yeah there was some of that and then you know we had uh, the interest to add some things to our website initially that's kind of the first thing we dealt with you folks on is just wanting to put a couple things on our website for for a couple markets uh that we had a need and so yeah it's, it's it's worked out it's worked out well. And we thought about, you know, oh, let's just use Google Translate. Why not? Um, and and um, I, I quickly found uh, information, you know, on the internet of the pros and cons of doing that and why, why you might not want to do that and probably shouldn't. Uh, and in dealing with uh, some of our partners, you know, they would tell me, you know, okay, uh, no, please don't use Google Translate. Just send me the document, I'll translate it because half the time it doesn't go well and it's just tougher to modify it later. So, you know, there was some of that.
0: Oh, that is so true. We We have all sorts of information on our resource center. About Google Translate. Actually, there was an article in a, a publication of mine that they just published. I'll have to share that in the meeting links about some, you know, the specifics of why Google can't handle some of the translations. And you're bringing up some interesting points about having your partners do it. Number one, you said was just they don't have the capacity to do it, and number two, they could, you know, they feel like it's they can do it better than. Google, we've had some other guests talk about even um, changing the message, and also not being able to leverage the translation because that you know if you do it for one Spanish-speaking country, they own it, and then you can't put it on your website. That was the other thing right. you talked about. Right. Yeah. So yeah, you...
1: they might take and put their logo on it or something. That's you know for their specific use, and then that's something you know we probably don't want to put on our website.
0: Yeah, and then the other thing is you think of your partners and your distributors as your sales reps and who would send their sales reps out to write your marketing material, your website copy.
1: <laughs> Very true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, hey, maybe it might work sometimes. But, you know, and the other thing we find is because we're, we're in, the equipment we sell is highly technical. Yes. And so there's... there's uh, some words that we get involved with that are, you know, technical words, and, and here at GeoComp, it's it's like the words uh, stress and strain are, are common and kind of some of the testing we do. And if you just take stress and you convert that, or sorry, translate that in whatever you know languages. That could be the entire different meaning of stress, you know. You know, like oh, I'm stressed, you know, instead of you know the specific technical meaning of it. So, and how those translate in different languages, and obviously there's other technical words here, but um, we we find that as an issue as well. That's why you can't use Google Translate.
0: Oh, those are two fascinating words for me that I never thought about before. Because stress and strain could apply to something very technical, or it could be people, um, and it could be a noun, or it could be a verb. You know, you stress me out. Not you, but you in the general sense. (laughs) Right. Right. Or is it the stress that I have right now? Yeah. Oh, so, okay. Those are really two two good examples, particularly for people in technical industries. So I'm so curious about when you first went to China, you know, you're a little nervous about, it sounds like language was your biggest fear when you were traveling and going into the other countries.
1: Yeah, I, I, communication, obviously, you know, you're, you're trying to, you know, I guess, get a get uh, some things accomplished and, um, you know, you have some goals for your trip and, you know, if you, uh, like communication, you know, okay, well, I figure, you know, they'll have, you know, they'll have staff that'll help with translation and, and things. But, you know, you get involved in, you know, a meeting with a number of, of folks in a room and, you know, obviously they're talking a different language and, you, you know, you don't know exactly what what may be discussed or what's going on. And that's always, you know, brings its own awkwardness. And uh, so, you know, there was some of that. And then, you know, having not traveled to, you know, countries uh, like that before, I mean, it was, I, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I, you know, obviously, you know, there's hearsay and things you hear about different countries and, you know, are they going to be, you know, dirty or are they going to be, you know, safe? Um, you know, what, what's going to be the situation? So, I mean, I, in terms of China in particular, I, I found it uh, excellent trip, right. You know, it was uh Nothing to really worry about. I mean, obviously the translation was a thing, but safety was was fine and uh, food was amazing and uh, getting around. Everybody was very helpful. And So, you know, nothing ended up coming to fruition and all the (laughs) fears I had going into it.
0: Oh, that's so, f- I, I really appreciate you sharing that, because I think people who haven't done much traveling internationally do get that feeling of, you know, these other countries are dirty and unsafe, and you go over there, and and so just to hear that you had such a wonderful experience, and people were helpful, I mean, that, I went to China, I lived in Taiwan, and that was, was my experience, I mean, I just, the the sense of humor, the helpfulness, the, you know, the, the history that is there, the interest in doing business with us. So that's so wonderful. Right. Yeah. yeah that's
1: great.
0: Yeah. Now, did you work with, uh, you know, so uh, t- people outside the industry don't know this, but translation is written. An interpretation is spoken. So, if you're in a room with a bunch of people who are speaking, you want to have an interpreter so you can understand. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I
1: was using the wrong, wrong term, right?
0: I, you know what? Watch the watch the news, and when they talk about the president's translator, they're talking about an interpreter. So everybody does it. It's one of my many missions in life is to <laughs> <help> <laughs> clarify that. And I didn't know it before I was in the industry. So, when you were there, did you have an interpreter?
1: Yes, the, uh, you know, our partner uh, there in China uh, provided some of their staff who was bilingual. And, uh, you know, so they didn't have to have a third party interpreter or anything like that. It was just some of their staff that you know, was bilingual.
0: And how did that work for you?
1: Worked out well. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, although they were bilingual, I think they sometimes weren't comfortable in there. Uh, translations and things and so you know there was sometimes where we had to kind of figure it out uh, but uh, overall you know their their English was quite quite good and so uh, it, it worked out very well
0: okay so they were they were bilingual they were people in the industry which are our bonuses but not trained interpreters so it might have taken a little bit longer as you figured stuff out
1: correct yeah
0: yeah And did you ever feel like you weren't part of the conversation? Like there was a lot of Chinese going on and then they'd come back and talk to you a bunch and then, you know, turn and talk a lot of Chinese.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There, you know, there was certainly some of those situations, but uh, what I ended up getting more of the sense of was that, you know, some of the places we would go, like we went to go visit existing customers that you know were joint customers and you know, we would be at, uh, I went to and did a conference uh, with them as well and helped at their exhibit. And often, you know, the folks who we would interact with, they they obviously were not bilingual. And so, you know, uh, they would have to speak with them, obviously, and then, you know, let me know later kind of what was going on or I would have to help. Uh, So it was kind of perfectly understandable that, you know, that wasn't gonna happen and although although I probably would have liked to have you know known the full conversation it, you know it wasn't as awkward as I might have thought
0: okay okay yes cuz uh, you know that's why I was curious about with using a company interpreter cuz that were like exactly you weren't key to the conversations you were a help to it so you didn't have to be involved in every conversation but i yeah, do I- hear people complain about when the interpreter is there, there's lots of side conversations going on. And so you really don't, you're not following all of it. And a professional interpreter will make sure to repeat everything. You know, they're, they're like a telephone. It's, they're just a conduit for information. Um, But you know, exactly what you said is it worked for what your needs were. Um, And so it, it, you know, and I think I'm asking these questions too because I'm doing a training tomorrow for a, a an organization on how to work with interpreters. So I was just reading up on that. So you talked about the food. Did you have an experience? I had a fantastic experience, at, you know, at a at a restaurant that was quite memorable. I'm wondering if you had any where you were, because you were probably hosted as the guest.
1: I, I was. It certainly, you know, we had a couple couple instances where you know it was just a amazing spread of food you know I was kind of awed by the sheer volume <laughs> of food. Uh, we had uh, one thing that I found particular, uh, particularly good was uh, the Peking duck. Uh, oh yes, Yeah it was very good and kind of the, w- the way that kind of came out and displayed you know they had all kinds of different ways of it, uh, the ways it was cooked and the presentation of the different stuff and I had never had peeking duck before, so that was that was quite good. <laughs> uh, probably uh-huh. ate more than I should have.
0: yeah. Oh yeah, well you still look really healthy and lean, so <laughs> you got to go back and eat more. Yeah, yeah, did you? Was there special seating arrangements or manners that you felt or picking out the food? What was your experience <sighs> yeah. with that?
1: You know, I tried, this was probably, it's been a couple of years, obviously, now with the pandemic and everything since I've actually been out traveling. So I'm trying to remember back. Uh, you know, I, I didn't really don't remember any special arrangements. You know, it was... Uh, myself alone uh, on a couple of occasions. And, you know, that was obviously just sitting amongst their team. And uh, at one point we had uh, the CEO of our company at Geocomp here. He was joined a couple of of dinners. And, you know, so I I think at that point, you know, I could kind of see the kind of seniority aspect of it and the way, you know, their senior staff sat with him and, you know, kind of the way it played out. But uh, that was really about it that I can remember, yeah.
0: Yeah. So what other countries have you been to? Uh,
1: I've been now to uh, South Africa, uh, Australia, uh, China, uh, various places throughout Latin America and the Caribbean, uh, uh, all over Canada. I did have plans in 2020 to make several stops in South America and in Europe, uh, but obviously those fell through. So uh, hopefully soon uh, I can get get to uh, European countries and, and South America.
0: So oftentimes people kind of wonder, mm, how am I going to enter these markets and how am I going to find distributors? Could you talk a little bit about the similarities or differences of each of the countries and in your relationships and how you'd find a distributor there?
1: Yeah. And that's, that's a a great question. Something I'm actually tackling right now. So I started down a path where I thought, you know, I, I can probably figure this out. I'll do some internet research and try and find some companies that sell similar equipment or maybe, uh, competitors and, you know, try and see if I can get myself in there and these various markets and quickly realized that that was just going to take a considerable amount of time and effort. And we were looking to, uh, as I mentioned, really try and find a number of countries in Europe and and some other places to, to bring on a fair number of, of potential new agents. And uh, it, kind of a weird path Um, And and kind of actually thanks to our uh, Chinese uh, partner, I had gotten linked here uh, to our local chamber of commerce and they sent me over to a very helpful organization. We're based in Massachusetts here and and, uh, they sent me over to a very helpful organization here called Mass Export. And they work with a lot of uh, folks here in the state to, you know, promote international, you know, import-export uh, business um, for the state. And they were just the best. They they really were uh, super helpful. They, you know, really showed that they, like, wanted to help me. And uh, they provided all sorts of free uh, research. They gathered details from uh, various websites they have internal access to that provides uh, all sorts of uh, marketing data, import exports broken down by commodity codes and so it was I was able to get you know take all this granularity and all the information they kind of whittled it down for me. And I said, okay, I'm kind of interested in these areas. And they were like, okay, well, here, here's this information. These are actually the top countries that do business and the type of equipment you sell or similar equipment, technical equipment. Um, we looked at uh, countries that were uh, having an increase in, in uh, like construction and infrastructure uh, development and budgets because you know that's our equipment's used in those type of projects. So we said, hey, you know, let's let's check where that activity is the highest, and uh, and that helped me narrow it down to specific countries in Europe that we wanted to target, and specific countries in uh, Latin and South America we wanted to bring on board. Uh, and then they also helped me uh, get in. There's a, a grant available here uh, in our area that is provided to companies looking to do more international business and uh, geocomp was able to uh, get one of those grants and so you know now i can use that to work with uh, uh, this uh, gold key service through the uh, state department so either gold key or they call it international partner search and so the federal government will basically do the additional research interview potential companies do all of that legwork for you that I thought about doing myself and narrow that down to, I guess it's the top five uh, companies uh, in a country that may be of interest. And then you do kind of the last stages to kind of vet who you want in that country. So kind of a long road there, but you know, it's worked out quite well. And, um, how it's gotten me here. Now we've got a grant we're going to do kind of this international partner search services and hopefully find some great new partners. I, I,
0: I am so glad that you spoke about that because Max Ex, mass export is the organization here in Massachusetts, but almost every other state has Uh, An export support center and we have them all listed on our website at rapport translations Um, You just have to go there and search for uh, you know grants or exporting contacts Um, But it, it is such a wonderful thing with the three and you can get the grant money to do your translation Which is I think how we connected?
1: Oh, right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, we're right. We're going to use that to find partners. And then as part of that, we were also going to translate a number of our documents, brochures and all that to help us expand into those markets.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, you know, people kind of raise their eyebrow and they go, why do I get free resources for doing this? But it's the imbalance of trade. We bring so much into the United States, that the government has all these supports to export. So I'm so glad that you found them and um, had a great experience working with them because that's what I hear about everyone's experience.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I couldn't say uh, more about them uh, nice things about them yeah they're very helpful very attentive uh, provided a ton of information to us very quickly um, so it, yeah, it was great
0: oh good good so where do you go next after coven i mean what uh, else is going to change your business and what's going on
1: i know we've we've changed a lot of what we're doing in terms of just our general sales processes uh processes uh you know trying to do a lot more virtual selling virtual support uh actually had our uh, domestic sales team here read a book uh on virtual selling uh, and that brought in a whole you know number of ideas in terms of using video uh, obviously <laughs> virtual and video conferencing which has exploded now like we're doing here uh but also using some of those uh tools and like doing short videos to promote your products, uh, to provide to prospects and, uh, you know, leads to kind of further the sales. And so that that's helped in kind of the current environment to, you know, we couldn't travel, we couldn't go to trade shows and exhibits. How are we gonna promote, you know, we looked at doing more uh, email campaigns. We've done a, a number of things on our website in terms of, uh, search engine optimization, adding content, uh, again looking at language translation, just other ways to engage the broader market as much as possible. Uh, and so that—that's kind of how we've dealt with the current situation. And, and last year, we, we still managed to do quite well in sales; uh, had one of our better years ever. So,
0: fantastic! Congratulations!
1: Uh, yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um, and hopefully it continues this year, you know, and so I, I don't see, I mean, we've, we've done a couple conferences already this year. We've got one coming up in uh, May where we'll have some on-site staff, but still a number of conferences and such have gotten either, have either gone virtual or been pushed to 2022. And, you know, travel in general is just, it's become a whole different environment so and we're still kind of in the thick of it i feel i mean with covid it seems to be up and down and up so Mm
0: -hmm. uh,
1: i do have some plans to travel internationally by the end of the year to help uh, some international partners at at some conferences and exhibits and so uh, it'll probably be only domestic travel for myself probably until later in the year and then you know hopefully uh, now that i'm vaccinated fully vaccinated now i can Hopefully, travel a little more safely.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so, do you think you'll go back to the full travel that you were doing before, or do you think that the virtual is going to change that?
1: I do think it will change it to some degree, but Uh I, I think, you know, kind of once this is somewhat in the rear view, uh, and hopefully it is sooner than later. I think you know people still want to do face-to-face interaction. You know, there's a whole global business and obviously uh, profits to be made, and folks that run trade shows and conferences. And you know, I just can't see that that's going to go away. Uh, there's a lot of um, uh, you know hospitality uh, and and all that tied to these exhibits, and so you know, there's just so much tied to all of that. I can't imagine that that's going to go away. So, you know, we'll still continue to do that. Uh, in terms of, obviously, we're making a push uh, here to, to find a number of new partners. So, you know, I got to imagine that's, that's going to lead me to, you know, meeting with them or, or going to their facilities to either help with training or uh, just to generally meet with them and build, start building the relationship, which, you know, obviously seems to ha- happen a little easier when you're face-to-face for the most part.
0: Right, so uh, we do have listeners from all over the world. So where are you looking for partners, and what criteria? Maybe we'll uh, you'll find something through here.
1: That would be great. Yeah. Uh, uh, so again, you know, the company uh, here we we manufacture and sell uh, equipment for uh, typically for geotechnical engineering applications for testing soil, rock, and, and geosynthetics, and so we would be looking for partners that obviously sell similar equipment. It may be you know other engineering or engineering testing related products. Uh, and we're looking uh, in across Europe, uh, uh, Scandinavia, uh, most likely somewhere in Sweden that, that can help you know, cover that broader uh, area up there. Uh, Denmark, uh, the UK, uh, like Spain or France, uh, one of those, Germany, Uh, Looking in Latin and South America, uh, most likely uh, Mexico, Colombia, and uh, Chile. Okay. I I, I think that will keep me busy for a while. That will keep you busy, and I
0: I can think of two people offhand, and... One of them was on the podcast earlier, so I'll email introduction, and another one um, I did a speaking event on virtual conference with us, and he works with the equivalent to mass export, but up in New Hampshire, Andrew White from Comptus. So he might have some distributor connections or, you know, so similar kind of testing wind measurement instruments. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, the network always going on, even when you're on a podcast, <laughs> what, um, what types of um, trade shows and conferences do you go to?
1: Uh, so the company, again, you know, we do uh, several different uh, facets. So, you know, we do a broader range of shows that, that may be focused on what our service and consulting team may be looking to do. Uh, there's some, and those may be uh, related to, Uh, infrastructure projects, you know, conferences that are about uh, dams and tunneling and general infrastructure, uh, so that would be their uh, side. And those might be ones we do as well in the products group and some of the others. Uh, But a lot of times the shows we'll do here for products, uh, the products group would be uh, uh, there's conferences that are, you know, transportation research uh, that we do in the U.S., uh, conferences that are involved with geology or geotechnical uh, engineering. Uh, there's a show here in the US uh, called GeoCongress through the uh, ASCE uh, Geo Institute. Uh, they do a lot of uh, smaller conferences. Uh, internationally, there tends to be you know, uh, various uh, global congresses and things like that that are related to engineering, civil engineering, geotechnical engineering. We, we would get involved in any number of, of those.
0: Okay. And when you go to the conferences, are the pre, the international ones, are the presentations in English or do you have simultaneous interpreters? And how do you network if you've got people from all over the world that don't speak English?
1: Yeah. So I, at least what I've found is most of these conferences tend to have obviously a global audience and a number of international uh, keynote speakers and folks that are, are brought in from all over the world, and you know, although some you know may uh, you know present in their home language, uh, there would typically be you know an interpreter uh, that that you can either you know get over uh, headset or or whatnot, um, or folks you know they the kind of the prominent language would be English, so even folks. Coming from other countries, often will present uh, in English, and that may be kind of the default language for the conference in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, I feel like there's always some uh, some way you can get that translation. Uh, in terms of networking, that can be a little more difficult, but uh, again, as as long as you've got a a team member, a, part, a partner, a team member, somebody that, you know, maybe bilingual or somebody who can help you there. Obviously, they're, most times they are going to have the best contacts. They're going to know, you know, the companies and the prospects and the people that may be interested in, in networking and in their area. And so they'll, they'll be the best to handle the introductions and interpretation
0: yeah that's fascinating that's uh i always always like to know how people are doing that and i had a interesting conversation with a business owner from Peru he and his wife were up visiting um, Boston and so I got together with them and I said you know your your English is very good um, how you know how are you doing international business because he works with he brings Mercedes and Jeep and everything into South America you know some nice cars into South America sure. and they own the dealerships and he says oh global you know it's global English and then we dug down to the next layer and he's like oh, no, but if you want to sell in the countries you've got to do the translation so there's this element of there is you're lucky if you speak english because you can go to these conferences and you can figure out how to communicate but there's still that that need for other languages yeah so Very
1: true.
0: yeah did you have something to add to that
1: uh, i agree yeah i think you know it's, it's i think you can usually find common ground and, and most people will know some some bit of English and you can make a conversation happen. But yeah, in the end, you know, folks are gonna prefer to read materials, study brochures and details, um, interact on your website. They're just gonna prefer doing it in their home language
0: yeah so here you just know it but the uh, there is Gardner research and CSA the industry think tank have all the statistics to, to prove that and I get into that in the book of all the research that just says what you know in your gut people want it in their own language if they're actually gonna move on it
1: Right. Uh, agreed
0: so we're coming to the end and you know that I'm gonna ask this question So I don't know if you've thought of your favorite word, but do share with us your favorite foreign word.
1: Wow. Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, we had, and actually it happens to be with our other English speaking country. Um, It was, we had a customer we were working with in the UK and we sold them some equipment and they said, you know, Hey, these, uh, you sent us the—I think the word was spanners—and they—they—and I maybe maybe it's not the right word, but I think it's spanners—and uh, like I, I, they said you. Oh, we need a different set. You sent us the wrong spanners, and I said well, I don't know what a spanner is, and I, I said trying to look it up, and I, eventually I found it. It essentially was just a wrench. It was like a wrench or a pair of pliers, and the word that they used was spanners. And so I wrote back to him, I said, oh, like, do you, do you mean, I think you mean like this, like, and I sent him a picture and I was like, you know, we would call that a wrench or flyers. And they're like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, it's just a translation thing. And of course, you know, it happened to be with our other English speaking folks across the pond, I guess. So. <laughs>
0: that's fantastic. I love yeah. that. I love yeah. that. I've no, I had no idea what a spanner was or spanners.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. It just goes yeah. to show, same language, different words, right? <laughs> you got it. You got it. I love that. And then a picture is perfect for it. Okay. And so how about a very memorable cross-cultural experience?
1: Uh, well, probably... The, the best I could could bring up would be, we, I had an amazing time in South Africa, just uh, uh, we took some time one day to, you know, do a little safari, uh, go see, you know, some of the animals there, uh, you know, growing up as a kid and you know, you go to zoos and you see, you know, stuff on TV, but uh, just to see those amazing animals uh, in person, the sheer, you know, size and watching elephants kind of interact and do things looking at you know uh, rhinoceros and uh, we were kind of in a, a vehicle you know bringing us around kind of looking some things across the safari and this rhinoceros just starts like ramming ramming into the vehicle butting into the tires and I was, oh jeez, you know what's you know what's going to happen here there's ah you know the guy's like no nah, don't worry about it he's like shoo shoo i'm like uh, how do you shoo away this huge rhinoceros? But uh, you know it, it was fine and
0: uh, oh my so, gosh i would think of shooing away a domestic cat or you know <laughs> yeah. but not a rhinoceros and i love cats uh, no, nothing <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it, and that was great just to see all those amazing uh, animals and uh you know we went out i was in uh spent a lot of the time in, in cape town and, and we went up uh, to table mountain and uh, did some hiking and kind of just see the the shore. It was just beautiful. It was so beautiful.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. Trevor Noah, you know him, the late night host? Yes. He has a book out about growing up in uh, South Africa that's actually quite good. And there's a bunch of words in there that are used there that we don't have here. So uh, if you enjoyed yes. that, you might get a real kick out of reason- reading about his experience. It's pretty amazing.
1: I should look into that. Yeah, he, he'll often make a lot of Comments, you know, on his show and a lot of his like social media posts, you know, how uh, you know his, his, uh, growing up in South Africa, and he'll he'll use some of those <laughs> slang terms, or whatever, time to time.
0: Yeah, one of my uh, favorites is he talked about smileys which are the goats head that they boil and you can get them for really cheap and then you get the, you pull the meat off of them to eat. <laughs> so
1: smileys, huh?
0: Smileys. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you didn't run into it at a nice restaurant, but you know, I I want to go see what a smiley is and maybe try it, but <laughs> I don't think he ever wants to have one again. <laughs>
1: Probably
0: not. Yeah. So here you are, a good old American boy who's now gone into global business. A lot of companies have the same fears that you did when you were first starting out. What would you tell to a sales leader or a marketing leader or a business owner leader if they, you know, haven't entered the global markets yet?
1: Uh, I mean, obviously, it just presents a world of opportunity. No, no, no pun intended. <laughs> um, uh, and there's, you know, so many amazing people out there. Uh, you know, it's, it's great to interact with the different cultures. Uh, it's fun to uh, obviously go to those places and, and, and see new things, but um, also, you know, learning the way business uh, happens in, in various countries and territories some of the uh, challenges you might have to deal with. So you know, it just it presents you with a a whole new level of of, of business and, and, and challenges. And, um, I, I found it quite quite beneficial and enriching. It's been it's been great. Um, and looking forward to going to some new places and, and bringing in some new uh, new folks.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. That's um, That seems to be a resounding theme is go because the people are great everywhere. And just the overwhelming positive experience is so much more than I, I haven't run into anybody that's had neg- enough negative experience to not go international.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, you're going to find some things you have to Deal with and some, some hurdles to get over, but uh, yeah. but yeah,
0: it's it's worthwhile. Yeah, you got time zones, you got different food, different water, you got not completely understanding, but you know, so those are the rough parts. But the the good out, outweighs. That's right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for being here today. It was really fascinating to hear about uh, GeoComp and your background and experiences. So I really really appreciate you sharing.
1: Yeah, great. Happy to have been here. I appreciate you having me on and uh, see if if we can find some time uh, again in the future.
0: Okay, that sounds great. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening in today. I hope you learned something um, and that you follow his advice and actually get out and connect across the world, even if it's uh, virtually, because it will enhance. And I appreciate if you share this and follow um, the Global Marketing Show. Um, get this the the guest out to people who are uh, able to export or do global business because these are experts that are really sharing great advice. So if you think of one person to share it with, I'd truly appreciate it. So bye for now. That's a wrap for this session. A big thanks to you for listening to the Global Marketing Show. Hope you had just as much fun as I did. New sessions launch weekly on all places you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and of course on our website. If you know someone interested in this topic, please tell them about us. Au revoir for now.